You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. Unless you have either been living under a rock or successfully engaged in the much more healthy idea of not focusing on the news, then that audio clip might have come as a shock to you. While people on the left and right are flipping out and people are rolling their eyes at those on the left being against Trump so wholeheartedly that they would rather vote for a man who says the crap we just heard. In episode 19 of Lesbertarian, we'll focus on the meaning behind those words. Welcome to Lesbertarian, the only place for liberty-loving muff divers and muff diving enthusiasts. Join us this week as we tear apart the political binary and take a look at issues through the lens of non-aggression and reason. I'm your host, Kim Chang. Throw on your flannel, rent your U-Haul, and let's get this thing started. Even though this episode clearly comes from consuming mainstream media, I've had it with the news, man. Especially right now, considering this crazy pandemic we're going through. Yet, I don't feel the need to consume much news anymore. Have you ever noticed that when you don't watch or read the news, while you might miss out on the smaller stories or news from around the world, you don't actually miss out on the important big news? You'd have to be in a coma not to realize what we're going through right now, though. You don't need the news to figure out that there is a virus going around and that the government is doing a terrible job at managing it while taking advantage of it. You got plenty of tattletale Karens that will inform you. That being said, this show is going to start looking a little different. I may comment on the news, but if I do, I'll probably come at a more psychological, philosophical bent, trying to focus on the motives and getting to the meat of it, not necessarily the political and legislative aspects about that. You can probably hear that in 8 million other places. I just want to get to the heart of why why people think these things and why they do these things and try to see what we can learn and glean from it. There are two things that strike me about this interview, and I only gave you a clip because I don't think I want to make you suffer through watching the whole thing like I did. I wouldn't advise it. The first thing being Biden's words, which everyone is focused on. The other is the interviewer, Charlemagne the God's opinion that he wants something for his community, which would also mean my community. We'll start with Biden's words first. Is what Biden even said something new? Not even close. We hear it as libertarians from the left and the right and... People on the left tell anybody who strays away from the left every single time that we're voting against our interest or, in my case, not even voting for or against my interests. Anyone want to tell me what my interests are? You won't really be able to. Maybe if you know me a little bit, you'll know some. But you won't know all of them because they're my interests. They come from my upbringing, beliefs, individual needs, desires, aspirations, same as you. One of my interests is boxing. Keeps me in shape, but does everybody want to go to a boxing gym and get punched in the face? Not really. Also, when people frame it that way, 
makes me chuckle because nobody necessarily wants to go and get punched in the face. Yes, it's a possibility. It's just the fun of punching somebody else in the face legally. And they stepped in the ring and signed up for that. And you just want to punch them and they're fine with that. And of course they want to punch you in turn. I know, it's weird. But it's just funny when people say, why would you want to get in the face? That's not the point. Anyway. There are people on this planet who like and do things differently from you and me. If we were the same person, we'd have the same thoughts. No matter how much you try to force a narrative, people can be in the same room at the same time, sitting right next to each other, hearing the same speaker say the same thing, and still come out of the talk with entirely different views on the message that they just heard. I don't know how much more you can get. It's like a game of telephone. You can tell somebody one thing and it's the clear truth, and by the end of that telephone line, it is morphed in some, into something entirely crazy. That's just how human nature is. And the good portion of consuming news is remembering human nature. And if you remember human nature, when you go into these situations, looking at, at these things and reading them and hearing them, you'll start to get a little less upset when you realize humans are going to human. And a lot of time, humans do a lot of selfish stuff. And there's no sense in getting angry at humans for humaning. All that being said, politics are pretty much a team sport. If you ain't on my team, then you on the wrong team. As long as politics are this way, the voting against your own interest narrative will remain for goodness knows how long if we just keep going on like this. Get used to seeing and recognizing all of its forms. The more you know to expect this whole team sport idea, the less anger you'll get when it's just what you've come to expect from these teams. Once again, human nature is human nature. If you know how humans are going to react, then there's no need for you to react in anger because that's just going. That's just how it's going to go. I wish it was different, but it's not going to change overnight. I've said it time and again, the only way that people are going to change from this team sport narrative is not even going to be politically. As much as all my friends that I still love that are in the LP continue to try, it's literally going to be how you educate people. I have always said and still believe that Considering that the left has such a stronghold on the public school system, they're the ones who have been pumping out the education, and that's why you get people like this. And these people start to vote the way that they were raised to. And so, once again, I re encourage libertarians to focus on teaching people the ways of liberty and freedom. And that's the point. To actually teach them. Don't just expect them to come to it magically for you. I think that's a lot of the problem that libertarians have. They just think people should... Just espouse liberty automatically. And when you say, hey, businesses should be able to discriminate, you should be able to homeschool, and they look at you and say, no, I don't agree with that, you just kind of scoff and go, you know what, you're a moron, which helps no one. I really hope that all of us as people who want liberty to be something that is mainstream would realize that's detrimental. I don't care how frustrating these people get, and I do this too. We just start insulting them because it's fun. And it's funny sometimes, and it's fun to talk to other people about it and say, look at this idiot. It never does much anyway, because there could have been somebody in that audience that was thinking, well, I was kind of going with this person's ideas and what they were saying, but they kind of devolved into insults and idiocy, and now I'm not going to bother thinking about this new viewpoint because this person is clearly a jerk and I don't want to listen to a jerk while at the same time, uh, we might not actually be jerks, we're just fed up with having to deal with these brick walls we're talking to, but the brick walls we're talking to aren't necessarily 
the people we're trying to reach, there might be people around them. And if you're talking to just this brick wall by yourself and nobody's around to observe it and it gets frustrating, you always have the option to just leave that situation. And if it's a family member, well, you got to be a little more careful about that one. You're going to have to really try to sit down and prioritize. Do you want to be loving to a family member or do you want to just not have to deal with this and walk away? That's kind of a choice that I think a lot of us have had to make, especially becoming libertarians and being against the normal way of thinking that we end up fighting with family anyway. And it's a little harder there, but we sometimes treat Facebook and Twitter and people on it like they're our family. Like, we can't just divorce ourselves from it and we can't walk away. We're just like, I can't stand arguing with you. Stop arguing with them then. What is the point if it's so upsetting to you that you keep doing it and then you can't figure out why these people can't change, can't change their minds and you're just upsetting the hell out of yourself because you keep talking to this brick wall and expecting it to speak back something differently than, I don't know, brick speak. I'd suggest if you don't want to be upset about all of this stuff anymore, stop consuming it. Stop consuming the news. Stop having to be so adamant about making your point any and everywhere. And then when you come up against resistance, all of a sudden get angry about it. It just makes no sense to me. It's like, it's like they just enjoy being miserable in that situation and just keep putting themselves in it. Just say what you got to say. Maybe you got to say it a couple times. And if they don't hear it, don't even sweat it. Just keep living your life. There are way too many angry libertarians out there that are getting fed up. And yes, they are affecting our liberty and our way to live, but we can't sit there and be angry about it and expect anger to be the thing that changes it. We can't expect putting ourselves in these situations and then being rude about it is going to change it. It's going to be, once again, education, stating your point. Hopefully it it's driven home and just being a kind person about it because people remember those kind people and what they say a lot more than they listen to somebody who's going to be rude about it. And usually, most of the time, I find we just go around being rude about it just so we can post it in another group and laugh about how stupid this person is. Really isn't very nice to do. It's definitely fun to do, but something to keep in mind that we should probably remember one of the golden rules of just going ahead and being kind to other people. I want them to be kind to me. They're definitely not always kind, but... I think it's about time we put a little kindness in our messages, but not get over emotional about those messages because having a lot of emotion behind things doesn't help either. Anyway, back on point. What Biden said was racist. Yes, I agree with that. I encourage you actually to go check out Biden's record when it comes to policies and commentary. Even before he started getting old and dementia kicked in and started messing up his brain. I don't actually feel like getting into it here because, once again, while I I know that a lot of people listen to podcasts so they can get their news fixed and all the details, I still try to encourage people, we can talk at you all day in MLGA and give you all these facts, but they're still going to be backed by opinion, and the only person who can form your opinion for you is you, so if any of this actually is something that you're concerned about, look into it. If it's just you're just listening to it and want to hear some commentary, you don't have to bother with listening to this interview. I just think it's probably a bad idea that a lot of the time we get our news from podcasts and just believe that as truth. Come to your own conclusions, is what I'm trying to say. So, 
the older some of my relatives get to go off on uh, something more that can help us understand this narrative, the older my relatives get, they care less and less about being politically correct. They might not even find it necessary, though. They also have seem to lose, lose the ability to care what others think and can't stop themselves from speaking their minds. The way Biden speaks, it sounds like his racism is finally catching up so that he just spouts it off before his brain can say, don't say that. And Biden is the actual definition of racist, too. Thinking one group of people as inferior to another. The way the man said that poor kids can be just as smart as rich kids. I don't know. That, that sounds like a racist to me. Because, and even a classist. Maybe more so classist, because you look into that and you can think, okay, he's probably talking about poor minorities. But it's also classist, because there is a bunch of people, white, black, Asian, doesn't matter, that are stuck in poverty and so i'd say there's some classist issue there moving on to charlemagne the interviewer there's no way we can just gloss right over the fact that he believes and feels something should be done for the black community no no one will let us ever forget about slavery nor should we we should never forget history's lessons we should just remember that history is in the past the only thing that matters is how we move forward. Every group of people, whether it be nationality, being pro-gun, pro-abortion, there are a lot of groups that want their side to be the victor at the end of the day. So one something for your community is not uniquely black or leftist kind of thing. This brings to mind why a lot of us black people have bought into the narrative that being in the Democratic Party is the only party we should be involved in and anything else is against our interests. Every time these things are discussed, people get caught up on on this one aspect when it comes, especially when it comes to the left, pandering. It's a very powerful tool, but I assure you, if that's all you get from the debate, then you're only seeing a part of the picture. It's a large part of the picture, but not the only part. After all, Republicans, even Libertarians, pander too. Not always the same way Democrats do, and not always as prettily as Democrats used to, anyway. They're getting really terrible with their messaging. While Democrats used to say a lot of pretty things to me, and they still say a lot of pretty things to black people, minorities in general, that's not the only thing that drove my choice, anyway, at the time to become a Democrat. One of the things that's difficult growing up as a poor person in the projects, no matter the color, it can be any color, a lot of us have been poor as hell, is that if you know the politics at all while growing up or just having to hear older folks sitting around talking about the political divide, you probably hear that the Republican Party is all about money, guns, military, religion, tradition. Are those all bad? Nope. But when there's a dichotomy set out that you're either rich or you're poor and all you see is poverty around you and barely anyone makes it out of said poverty because there aren't a lot of resources around the projects to disabuse you of that idea, you start to believe this must be it for you. And you specifically. All you see are the same people in the same situation, and even some of the ones who get away from, from it, they might even fall right back in to poverty after climbing that ladder of success. And you're just taught to give up just by your surroundings, how you were raised. To make matters even worse... 
After having been raised in a situation where that's all you see, you run into someone who was lucky enough to keep climbing out of the projects and actually stayed successful, or people who may have had to struggle, but they at least had the resources or the know-how or somebody talked to them about how to succeed and get out of the situation they're in. All they say to people who are still stuck in that situation is something like, why don't you just try to be more self-sufficient? This is usually lacking compassion and understanding when people say it. Of course, there are some people that they're saying this sincerely and they're being kind about it. But a lot of the time I would run into people that just kind of look down their nostrils and was just saying, why, why don't you just try being self-sufficient? Like we never thought of that or something. It's often the way that people on the left and minority see the right being. The way Republicans are portrayed, they're usually, like I said, rich, traditional Christian people. Especially if you're gay, you're looking at that traditional religious value and you're going, Oh my goodness, these people are going to hate me in a good portion of the time. It came to the people who embodied the image of what people try to say Republicans are, the rich white person. A lot of the, in the older money... Yeah, they didn't really enjoy gays because that's how they were raised. It just was not okay. When people hear tradition, that's what they're seeing. That's what they're hearing because that's what they're raised to understand. And that's what they're hearing in the news. So thinking that anything different is going to come out of that thought process. Well, that they're raised not to think that way. They're raised to think that Republicans are a specific way. Just as I've run into a lot of Republicans will tell you that Democrats are usually a bunch of whiny people, which, yeah, a good portion more, but the, I have, I'm friends with a lot of them who are not. They are just people who are concerned with social issues. Social issues are important. You have a distorted caricature of what the other party is like, and you just get that instilled in your head, and that's just how you see things. Also, it wasn't like there were all that many Republicans hanging out in the ghetto or at least that I did that I knew. So it's not like I knew anything better than this whatever opinions I was given in the news or given by family members or people in the neighborhood about Republicans. That's just unfortunately how it how it went at that time. And then while you're trying to struggle through all of this and you see Republicans as being entirely different from you, you just want to know, okay, these people want me to be self-sufficient. How do I get there? It's not like I've been given the resources. It's not like the ghetto just has this, hey, here's some resources to better your life station. It's right here, and it's your fault if you don't choose it. It wasn't really around for me. I didn't see these uh, self-sufficient help stations anywhere. Really, it took my mom saying, hey, my kids have to have a better life than I had, so I'm going to try to get them to go into some sort of education to get these skills. Not everybody has that awareness, especially around in the ghetto where you don't see a way up or out. And the Democrats have seized on that, and they know darn well this situation they're in, that we're in, and we want some sort of help. So, and of course, the easiest way to make sure that you get people to stay voting for your party is to start giving them things so that the helplessness of your situation either goes away or you just become lazy. Now, that's another misconception people have. They're going, oh, well, these people who become Democrats, well, that's only because they're lazy. I definitely was not lazy. I was somebody who was all for, I mean, I was, I was just concerned about those social issues. I was concerned about people. 
It wasn't that I just wanted free crap to be a Democrat. That's not, that's not always it. It felt like the Democrats were talking to people like they were humans. They were actually using emotion. Now, that's the one thing I really don't like the idea of saying we should be people who are all logical and then there are people who are all emotional. If we weren't meant to have emotions, we wouldn't feel emotions. If we weren't supposed to use our brains to think, we wouldn't have brains to think. Using both of them makes sense. There's a reason we have both. Because we're humans. When are you going to make people feel guilty for being emotional about social issues? No. But if that emotion tries to control how you make policy, that's an issue. Humans aren't just a logical puzzle. Actually, humans are really irrational for the most part. Even those who say they are super rational and maybe they're philosophers and they've studied these sorts of things, for the most part, being a human is irrational because we just have these emotions that we have and our reactions to things are not always even killed. We have to find a balance between emotion and logic. But at the same time, I still don't think either one of these things make policies that are fair to humans, which is another reason I'm not into politics, and I certainly don't think there is any government, whether it be federal, state, local, that could really ever make a policy that is perfect for everybody except for saying, hey, you have the freedom to live as you want to live, as long as you don't harm anybody else. So the whole point of that is just to say, these two people in this interview, Biden and Charlemagne, are just two people that are both selfish about something. They want something for themselves. Biden just wants to make sure he becomes president so that the left doesn't have to endure former, more years of Trump. And Charlemagne, of course, is concerned about black people. And while all of us should be concerned about our rights as individuals anyway, these are just two people coming at the same idea from two different points of view. And I do find it really funny that... Here we go with a rich white man telling black people that if you want to vote for your best interests, it's to vote for me. If you vote for Trump, you clearly cannot be a black human. You don't know what's good for you. I know, as a white person, what's good for you. And that's definitely not what every white person says, but you just look at that. It's just really funny how... The left is always talking about, okay, white people are terrible, hateful people. Meanwhile, they're leaning on an old, demented white dude. This is what this dichotomy gets you. And these are the thought processes that get us into this situation. And that's the way I look at this story, and that's the way I look at news. What kind of lesson can we get from it? What kind of mindsets make people say these sorts of things? And how... This whole team's politics kind of thing is all just a bunch of selfish people wanting things their way and using the force of law to do it and getting upset about it and letting it rule our lives to the point is that's where all we consume. Yeah, you're going to be an angry human. But if you start to realize that humans are humans that are going to do human things, you realize that you shouldn't be angry about this. What you should be doing is becoming a better you. And helping people to be educated toward freedom and liberty by the way you act. Not by what news you listen to, what books you read, if you're in a Rothbard or 
if you're in a Ron Paul or Rand Paul, none of that crap. It's in your attitude. And I think that's why that why a lot of us more minorities loved the Democratic Party, because they made it seem like, hey, they're on the people level, where the Republican, Republicans are on the logic level. And if you're a person who just wants to be a person, because we're all people, you're going to go with the people who are a little more compassionate. And of course, a lot of it's turned into the free stuff, but Republicans didn't exactly outreach to minorities, and since they didn't really do much of that, the Democrats swooped right on in and decided we're going to make these people our special group. And then, of course, instead of looking at the causes of why people that are stuck in poverty make the choices they do and they cling desperately to these Democratic promises, we just blame that group of people and just think that they're hopeless instead of saying, hey, I think all of us have some sort of responsibility if we run into a situation where we can tell people about liberty and educating them, we take that opportunity because not everybody has the resources. Like I said, there's no resources store in the ghetto to help you realize what resources you need. Not everybody's born into the same situation. And I feel like libertarians, we, we're the ones. We're the ones who could be that person, whether we're talking to somebody who's rich or poor in between, comfortable, came from a poverty and moved up the ladder, figured out how to move on. It doesn't really matter where that person is at. Let's just be the ones who, when they look back, they realize that, hey, these libertarians weren't what we thought they were. These people were kind to me, even though I was kind of a jerk to them and judged them. But hey, now that I think about it, now that I've realized that my party, whether it be Democratic or Republican, that they didn't have my best interest in mind. And what this libertarian was talking about actually makes sense to me now. Because the seed you plant now might not grow in front of you. In fact, they don't. Anybody who's ever tried plant seeds, they're, they're not going to grow immediately at that second. But the seeds you plant are important. And if we're not taking the time to do that and we're doing it in anger and not out of love, then don't expect anything to grow. Don't expect your anger to grow anything. And I don't care if you're on the left or right, middle, nowhere. It's about time we tried dealing with these situations while logically, lovingly, and stop being so concerned about our community this, our community that, because even though we're a community of people with certain interests, we're still individuals, and that's the message that we continually espouse on the libertarian side is that the smallest minority is the individual. We need to be taking care of the individual, and the only way to take care of the individual is for the government not to be trying to grab on to us and control everything that we do and putting us in a situation where we have to fight through them to get to our rights and make sure that we're, we feel safe. It's not going to work. They're never going to make us feel safe because whatever your candidate puts into place now can be changed years later. And then you're in the same fighting situation again. So I don't care if you're left, right, libertarian, doesn't matter. I found out that a lot of different people listen to this podcast, which is why I take the aim that I do and don't speak necessarily specific to libertarians that all of us need to be focusing on love because right now there's a lot of hate and there's a lot of anger and I just challenge and dare you to try 
to approach things differently. Be that different person that, hey, while that person said something, I didn't agree with it. They said it calmly. They said it rationally and they weren't rude about it. Be that person. That, uh, that often works more than being angry ever will. And that's all I have to say about it this week. We have some things coming up. One of them is going to be an interview with a good friend that is in the scientific world, which I am not, which is why I don't talk a lot about anything scientific, but at least she's smart. And we'll also have on a friend of hers who is a trans activist. So we have a lot coming up. We have interviews about adoption laws. We're going to have interviews about gun rights, all sorts of things. And we're going to Try to dig deeper. I want to start talking more to people's hearts, more to their souls, because I'm getting real tired of it just being about the news. But at the same time, I want to do this as truthfully and as logically as possible. And if you have some ideas of what you want to hear on this show, go ahead and hit me up in the various avenues. There's You can email me, lesbertarian at gmail.com. Hit me up on Instagram, lesbertarian. Search out Lesbertarian on Facebook or just find Lesbertarian on Twitter and let us discuss. I would love to hear from you guys. And until next time, love one another. 